This morning we're just going to talk about this whole thing of healing. And, and um, you know, if we've talked about before, we've had now about two or three of these, I think, where we just specifically, uh, God put this on my heart some time ago, just go after this thing of healing and just allow him, uh, if it's his will, um, to just do what he wants to do. And so I just want to ask you to open your heart up, open your mind up. This may be completely new to you today. You might be with us and go, man, what's this all about? I've never been in a, in a meeting where the body of Christ actually pray for one another because that's what we're going to do today. So I'm going to ask you to build your own faith up. David encouraged himself and God. It's not going to be about the, you know, some people at the front praying for you. We're going to pray for one another as, as God leads that whole process. So I encourage you now to, to build that faith up uh, for someone beside you. It might be the person behind you that, uh, that needs something of the Father today. Is that, are we cool with that? And so that's, it's all about growing the church. And I've been thinking more and more about how do we disciple you guys and how do I disciple myself on a Sunday? How do we bring this element? Because Jesus said, I've come to make disciples. I've come that people would receive something and then go reproduce something. That the Bible says we are a reproducer of the seed of our own seed. And so, you know, we have, a, a, we've talked about a message of hope and a life of Christ in us that he wants not just here on a Sunday morning or night, but literally manifesting itself in the world, in your workplaces, in your neighborhoods, in your homes, in your marriages, in your relationships with your children. Every facet of life, Jesus Christ wants to permeate. Why? Because you're in every facet of life and he lives in you and me. Isn't that incredible? You and I are the temple of him. I find that completely fascinating. That he would choose this temple to consume his life and live in. But he wants to permeate and leak out of me. And so as John said, we've looked at as he increases, we decrease. The more of him in you, the more life you have. The more, the more uh, hope you have. The more joy you have. The more peace you have. The more patience you have, love you have. How many people know our world needs love? The church needs love. church needs to love one another. And if a church would love one another as Christ loves his Father, then a world would know that Jesus was sent for them. And that's our greatest challenge, I think. And so the greater the Christ in us, the greater the hope of the world. It's the Christ in us that's the hope of the world. And so I just want to build that environment again of faith. God in you. He's huge. He's a huge God. And He lives within you. And once you move through you, in you, through you, over you, around you, and onto others. And so, um, you know, I'm going to share a little story to start with. I'm going to hit that timer. And it is going. <laughs> I've hit it three times and it hasn't gone. And uh, anyway, May the 7th, Monday morning, about 9.40 in the morning, the phone goes at home. I'm in my pajamas with Lily, and uh, we're having a whale of a time. That's my little three-and-a-half-year-old daughter, just in case you're new here and you're wondering who Lily is. Um, so we're knocking around in our pajamas, having a whale of a time, and uh, I tend to do that on a Monday. I probably don't get dressed till about 11 o'clock, and we just play and watch Dora and do all sorts of crazy stuff. She loves fighting. I don't know where she gets that from. My three-and-a-half-year-old loves to wrestle with Dad. And uh, I know she, I'm from Liverpool originally, and I know she has got my blood because she loves using this. <laughs> so don't take on my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter because she comes with you with her head, I'll tell you. Anyway, so the phone rings, and it's Plymouth in school. 
And uh, Mr. Simner, uh, we have Madeline here in the office. Can you come quickly because she's hurt her finger? I'm like, okay, okay, you know, oh, yep, sure, sure. And, and so we get in the car where we get dressed first. <laughs> we get in our clothes on. We go to get in the car. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a good look and my PJs turn up at school. So we get dressed. Uh, in the meantime, they're ringing Danielle at her workplace and she, you know, she rings sort of home because the phone call that initially came to Danielle didn't really express too much concern. It was like, oh yeah, Madeline sort of hurt herself, get here when you can sort of thing. Um, so anyway, we, Danielle had, you know, hadn't turned up and she said, oh, ring Greg at home. They ring me at home. So we're getting ready. And then uh, basically we sort of drive up. I don't know if you've been to Plymouthton Primary School, but there's a driveway you can drive up and we're inside the office and there's an ambulance. And I'm like, Oh no. Sitting in the ambulance, as I get out the car, the ambulance officer just comes around the back of his hands. He says, Are you the father? And I say, Yes, I, I am. Hadn't seen Mel at this stage, didn't know what the problem was. He says, Oh, come over here. And uh, my introduction to my little daughter's finger being ripped off and degloved was to see it in a box. So he says, Look at this. Uh, I'm making the connection. My daughter's sick. There's an ambulance. I guess that's her, her finger in there. And they call it degloved. And basically, if you can see my finger from the top of that finger there, it has ripped completely off. And she's just got her bone exposed with a lot of blood. And I'm like, oh my goodness. She's six. Anyway. So Lily's sort of in the car and she didn't really know what was going on. And at that stage, Danielle come driving up the driveway and I walk around and there's Madeline. And Madeline's got her arm up here like this, all bandaged up. I've never seen a kid so calm in all my life. And you know what she says? She says, Daddy, how's my chin? <laughs> she'd, she'd had an accident on her scooter and what had happened was she was going down... Uh, the, the driveway at Plymouth School. It's just a, a, not, a, not, not a driveway like this, just a slight rise. And she uh, was holding on to her handlebars, but in one of the, hand, on one of the part of the handlebars, there was a bung that was in the side of the handlebar that had come out. And the, the circumference of the metal around the handlebar was quite sharp. And she had that finger wedged in like that into the thing and holding down. As she was going down the driveway, she lost control. And so she started to panic and did this and then crashed into uh, just the sort of the, the side, sidewalk. That's American, isn't it? Well, I can't think of the curb. Thank you. Kiwi, the curb and crashed. And what happened is as her finger was caught, her finger came out of that and literally took off that much of the finger. And she was worried about the scratch on her chin. <laughs> she, you can see she's my daughter, can't you? <laughs> anyway. So she comes out, she says, I'm sorry, Daddy, I'm sorry. I said, it's okay, honey. We get in the ambulance, and the finger gets put just above her on a tray. I must admit, the ambulance guys, which Dave Huntley's one of, were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic with her and the whole situation. And we're just praying, and we're talking, and he's talking with Madeline, checking her temperature as we go, and all that stuff. Just praying, I'm, I'm grabbing hold of the finger, I'm just believing that the finger's going to be okay, that it can be reattached. And so we get to the hospital, um, and it was one, I just want to say this now so I don't forget, but God's grace was incredible, and it covered the whole thing. It was one of the things that was commented by the teachers 
um, by the ambulance staff was, I can't believe this little girl is not freaking out. She has been the one that's maintained the calmness out of the whole thing. One of the teachers that came found the finger was screaming. The kids were all, ah, screaming, the girl. <laughs> and this is quite funny. There's a funny side to this is we've heard she was the girl that lost her arm. Uh, to, <laughs> that was one of the stories that was going around. Did you see the girl lost her whole finger? And uh, anyway, and so Madeline was incredibly calm. And the only thing I can put that down to was God's grace. And it's tangible. It's a tangible thing. And I could feel it and him with us in the ambulance. And we got to the hospital. We're filling in the forms. And um, anyway, and it was at that point she sort of, I think, realized what had sort of happened. And um, so she had a little moment and and we had a moment together, which was cool. And anyway, so we're sort of waiting for the specialist and and Daniela come with Lily. And, you know, we were just in A&E at Lower Hutt um, Hospital. And um, anyway, the surgeons would come through and have a look, and they sort of looked at it. And up until that point, it was pretty good news, because they said, yeah, no problem, the finger will be able to put back on, we'll all be good. So we're like, great, that's awesome news. And, you know, the spirits are high, and Madeline's, um, you know, sort of looking at that, going, okay, well, that'll be okay. Anyway, it was probably about four o'clock in the afternoon when the, um, the plastics specialist came in to see us. And uh, he just basically sort of came up and said, look, um, he said, We've, uh, we won't be able to put the finger back on. Um, the finger that came off is dead, and uh, it's pointless doing it. In fact, if we put the finger back on, uh, the whole finger could be in, uh, infected and get gangrene, which would mean we have to take her whole finger off. I saw a look in my daughter's eyes that I never want to see again. And in a moment, that sense of helplessness as a dad that you can't do anything. And she just broke down because she said, Dad, you know what she was worried about was her fingernail. <laughs> I want to have a fingernail. Me and Daniela are like, no, oh, your fingernail, it's your finger. And he said, what we're going to have to do is chop her finger off, take it down to about here and chop her finger off because where it's come off there's not enough skin to cover it which means she would have had half a half a finger Uh, it wasn't actually on her wedding finger it was on that other finger but I never want to see that look and he walked out the room and I don't know and Danielle probably tell it was just a sense of helplessness and anyway we're sitting there and I said well these guys are the professionals they know what they're doing I don't about five minutes, I think Danielle went outside to call um, Sandra. And there was just this prompting. All I can say was like a prompting. It's just said, go speak to him. Go talk to him and ask him if there's something they can do. Okay. So I remember I was, so I'm going to go to the toilet first, and then to come to the toilet. I came back, and he was just there with his work colleagues. I didn't say I was a Christian. I didn't say anything like that. All I said was, I said, excuse me, I said, look, I said, um, I said, I know the information you gave, you gave us. I said, but is there anything that you can do? Is there anything you can try to do to help put this, my daughter's finger back on? She's six years old. Um, is there anything you can do? I'm believing um, for something to happen. And he just said, look, I'm sorry, Mr. Simner. He said, we could do that. He said, but as I said before, he said, the risk of it getting worse is greater if we, if, we, if we put it back on. And she may lose her whole finger. Even worse than that, it can get into the bloodstream and so on. So I said, okay, well, I'm trusting in you. You're the, 
you're the professionals, you know what you're doing. And I just went back into the room and I just started praying. I just started speaking in tongues, I started speaking life over the finger that was just still, she couldn't see it, but it was on, her, you know, on the table. And just believing, believing, speaking in tongues, asking God, asking God, declaring goodness. It was probably about half an hour later, he came into the room and I said, there's something going on here. And he said, I've had a chat with my colleagues. He said, and we're going to give it a go. And we're going to believe with you that this is going to work. <laughs> he was a five foot eight Asian guy. <laughs> and I stood up and I, you know, I almost kissed him actually. <laughs> I think he probably saw that in my eyes and went, and I just bear hugged him. He sort of froze like this. And uh, I just bear hugged him and then I said, thank you, Lord. Now I just want to put up some photos. You can put those photos up. A couple of the photos are a bit blurry. It's very blurry on there. But what you'll see is basically that they put the reattach the finger back on. And um, that is what they call dry gangrene. So that is, that is dry gangrene. It's, that's the bit that's died on the finger. And they stuck it back on. You see the skin there that's sort of peeling away and looking rather lovely. Um, and so that was four weeks after they put the finger back on. And they basically said, you know, we don't think it's going to work, but we're going to try it. But we don't hold much hope for it at all, that it's going to work. And uh, we just continue to believe, and we would continue to pray. And Madeline would pray, um, obviously, every night, just every part of the day for her finger. And just speak to God about her finger. And say, God, I, I want a fingernail. I want a fingernail. And um, anyway, so we went through this process. And um, you just put the the... So the bottom one's her pinky, the one up is the, the new finger that basically is restored itself with just, you can see just a little bit of scarring on the tip. And that was, this was probably about eight weeks ago. So the finger has got better and better and better. And what happened is the, the nail grew. The, the nail is continuing to grow and it's completely restored itself. And uh, this is just a testimony of God's greatness. It ain't going to work. There's nothing we can do. We believe because we believe in the power of the Father for restoration and His will. And this little girl, this daughter of mine, has pretty much her finger fully restored. If you looked at it and you want to grab her afterwards. And you'll see just, if you imagine your finger and you pull your finger down like that so it tightens the skin, that's what her finger's really like. It's just she's just lost a bit of the, bit of the, the fatty tissue of her finger. And it's just been an incredible thing. I wouldn't want to go through it again, but at the end of the day, it was an incredible thing to go through and just see God's goodness and just to see His Word. When you take Scripture, when you take faith, and you start declaring them into dead things, they can come alive. And we read about that, but that's to be our reality, amen? And so I want to encourage us all today. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you may need, what you may not need. You may be perfectly in a great place, or you may need Him to come through for you in some things. But can I ask you to believe by faith? Can I ask you, and I share that just literally, to build an environment of faith. That uh, That's one of the things that I've seen God do uh, in my life. Um, but there's been multiple things, and I'm sure there's been multiple things in all of our lives that we've seen him do. But let's just believe 
today again. So, Father, we stand before you and we thank you. Lord, you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I thank you, Lord, that what is dead to man is that you can speak life into. What looks like it is so far gone, God, you can bring it back and restore it and then even make it better than what it originally was. So, Father, as we just can come before you today, God, we thank you that you are our Lord and our King and our healer, Lord. So thank you, Father. Just come with me to Acts uh, 14. I'm just going to just give you a little story uh, from, or truth, true story from Acts 14, uh, verses 8 to 10. Now, what was really funny, and uh, when we got back to school, um, <laughs> and so that story had got out. And I must admit, the school were amazing, were fantastic. Her friends were awesome. And the amount of cards that she got. But uh, when she turned up at school, she got flogged by all these people from about three classes. And Dad's standing there going, all these little people around you, you know. It's just like, it's amazing. <laughs> I think Madeline was a little bit overall. She didn't know quite what to do. But um, as I say, it was quite funny hearing some of the stories. I think someone in Pukaroa Bay School thought she'd lost her old arm. But... Um, <laughs> think it wasn't there. Okay, Luke 14 verses 8. At Lystra, a man was sitting who had no strength in his feet, lame from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man was listening to Paul as he spoke, who when he had fixed his gaze on him and had seen that he had faith to be made well, said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he leaped up and began to walk. So the situation is this. This man from birth has been crippled. He's been lame from birth. Just one of those sad things, but he's in the situation. And Paul sees him there. And Paul has been preaching. I always find fascinating what what was Paul preaching about. So he's listening to something the Bible says. This man is listening to Paul, but what was Paul preaching? What was he saying? So it doesn't say that he was saying, you know, what Jesus heals, and he wasn't talking about signs and wonders, because in the verse before it, you see Paul was preaching the word, the gospel, the message of the gospel. He was preaching the gospel. He was preaching about Jesus and why Jesus has come to restore, reconnect, to give life and life abundantly now here on the earth. And so this man who's crippled from birth is sitting there and he is listening. I think there's a difference between hearing and listening. One's active, one can be passive. And I want to encourage us today to listen. To listen with the ears of the Spirit, not your physical ears. Because we can hear a whole lot of things and never really hear. Jesus was constantly saying to people, he would say, Listen, he would say, if you have ears to hear, if you have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit says. And so my hope today is we would hear what the Spirit of God is is saying over us and to us and in us, and that we would attach that by faith, because this is what this man did. He's hearing this message, this gospel message about Jesus Christ. And that hearing then creates faith in him, And that faith is the very thing that makes him well. You hear me? 
The hearing of the gospel. See, Jesus didn't just come to heal us from physical stuff. He came to heal the whole person. He came to redeem the whole of mankind. Physical healing and spiritual, emotional healing is a byproduct of a relationship with him. It's a byproduct of the reason he came. It's not the thing we worship. We worship him. And from worshiping him and believing in him and believing in his word and everything he says, this comes. And this man is hearing this message of Jesus Christ and he attaches that by faith. And Paul then says he sees the faith. Isn't that awesome? What does faith look like? Have you ever thought of that? What does faith look like? How do you see someone's faith? Is it the way they're dressed? Is it the way they look? Is it something that's coming off them? Is it that tangible that you can see faith on somebody? Is it the way they speak? But this is this man was just listening. He didn't see the thing. Sitting there with his legs crossed over, but he had faith in what he heard, and it created something that Paul could see. I find that fascinating. I've literally prayed over people, and I can tell you right now, I can feel faith coming off them. Faith to move mountains. Faith to believe that God can do the impossible. Faith to believe that a finger can be restored, or a broken arm can be fixed, or someone's marriage can be restored, or someone's heart can be put back together again because it's been broken. Someone's mental illness or depression or insecurity or all those things can be restored because of faith in Christ. That's why everything is contained within Christ and Christ crucified. That's what Paul said. So all I'm going to preach is him and him crucified because it, that very thing, those two things, there is just so much behind that. And here's the man we see, and Paul can see faith on him. Physical healing was a byproduct, was and is a byproduct of Jesus' relationship with his father. This is why Jesus said, this is in John, believe me when I say that I am in the father and the father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. If you're with us today and you don't know or you haven't yet connected with a person called Jesus Christ, there's something about believing his word and this whole thing of being healed and made whole that's one. Because he, as I said, he didn't just come to heal us of physical ailments he came to heal us of the whole thing our entire being our entire person because there is something so much more bigger than just this physical planet and our time here on earth he's come to restore mankind forever for eternity that type of healing as well because listen to luke 9 24 26 for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? 
What's the point of just getting a physical healing or a, a, a whole life of stuff here on earth to actually lose who you are at the day of judgment? And we see this very thing in Luke 5. There's this incredible connection between the healing of a man physically and the healing of his entire person. So come with me to Luke 5, 17 to 25. Remember, this man is hearing this gospel message. And it creates faith in him for him to be made well. Luke 5, 17. One day he was teaching and there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there. This is Jesus, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present for him to perform healing. So the power of God was present to perform healing. I can do nothing on my own initiative, Jesus said, but only what the Father allows me to do. The Father's power was present to perform a work that Jesus was about to do. And some men were carrying on a bed a man who was paralyzed and they were trying to bring him in. Who wants mates like this? And to set him down in front of him. But not finding any way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down through the tiles with his stretcher into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. Now, here we go. This is, this is fascinating. Verse 20. Seeing again their faith. Which is, I think, also a little bit tangible here because he's seen these four guys who are coming through the roof. Gee, these guys are pretty hungry for me. They're pretty hungry to, for their friend even. They're pretty hungry to see something happen. Friend, he said this, seeing their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Seeing the mate's faith, guy on the stretcher, your sins are forgiven. Not you're healed. Your very sins are forgiven. What? I love this. The scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus, aware of their reasonings, answered and said to them, and I love this where the reasoning is, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Where does faith come from? Mind or heart? Probably a bit of both, actually. Because your thinking can unlock and block a whole lot of things. Starts in the heart, comes to the mind, the powerful combination. But he says to the Pharisees, you're reasoning in your hearts. Which is easier to say, your sins have been forgiven, you, or to say, get up and walk? Verse 24, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up, pick up your stretcher, and go home. Jesus uses a situation to demonstrate who he is. He's not just some guy who does miracles, but he's been given authority from the Father to forgive sin 
and redeem the whole person, reconciling them back into a relationship with himself. He was making a point. That's why they call him a blasphemer. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus is saying, well, I'm going to take this situation and show you who I am. This word, this message of Christ coming. This is what this man was hearing. Is this the faith we have in Christ today as Christians? That this man, this God, this man called Jesus Christ performed many signs and wonders from the Father to forgive sins even? This is the faith Paul could see. You make the connection between what's happening here and this man at Lystra again. He's hearing this word, this word and this faith brewing in him, this message of this man, Jesus. So if you're with us here today, and I'm saying this to Christian and both non-Christian, but if you're with us today, and can I encourage you that Jesus didn't just come for physical healing. He came to redeem the entire person. What good is it? To win the whole world and forfeit your soul. It's all a byproduct of knowing him. It's a beautiful byproduct. It's awesome. I love the fact that God cares enough and wants to move. But if you're with us, there's so much more that he wants to do through you, in you, over you, and around those in your life. And I say that to both us as his church as well. It's this fascinating thing. See, faith comes by hearing for healing. Faith comes by hearing. This man was listening. And he was listening to the word. Faith comes by hearing for healing. For a whole lot of other things, but for healing as well. And so I want to put it to us this morning. As I've shared testimony, as I've shared story. Are we hearing faith? Is faith starting to build? If Jesus literally walked in the room now would physically, I believe the Holy Spirit is always here. We see faith from hearing the testimony of what you've heard of a story, taking scripture of a man that heard about this man called Jesus, accepted that, received that. Faith is depositive. And then Paul says it's that faith. He saw that. He connected, Paul connected his faith in God with the man's faith. And this man that had been born lame from birth. Listen, I'm going to read this again. He stands upright. And he leaps and he begins to walk. Just close your eyes for a minute. And just invite the, the band to come up. Imagine this is you. Just imagine. I don't the doesn't say how old this man is that I know of. Let's just say he's thirty. Thirty years. He's seen other people walking. He's seen other people run. He's seen other people leap. He's seen other people do things that he could never do. And in a moment in time, this man called Jesus enters the scene. 
and he hears this message of hope and he hears this message of Jesus and he believes it by faith. You believe it by faith. And something happens. Paul tells him. Paul just speaks. This is the authority of the Apostle Paul he had. He spoke. And this man got to his feet. He literally told him to get up. And he arises. And for the first time in your life, you know what it's like to walk. You know what it's like to jump. You know what it's like to run. You know what it's like to have that power in your legs that you've never had before. This is the goodness of God. This is the greatness of the Father. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news, this gospel message of my son. If you're with us this morning, the gospel message is this, that you were designed for relationship. You and I were birthed, created, thought for the most intimate relationship known to mankind. It's greater than a human relationship. It's a relationship with this living person called Yahweh, called God, Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, in man's wisdom, in his disobedience, man partook of something that separated God and man. And so there was a massive chasm between God and man. That was never the intent. That was never God's created mindset. And so that caused this thing called imperfection. It causes sin in us, iniquity, lawlessness, our wanting to do our own thing. And the Bible says, for God so loved you and me, for God so loved mankind, the only way to bridge that gap that existed and has existed was to send perfect love, to send himself, to come down in the form of Jesus was the exact representation of the Father. And to bridge the gap between mankind and God that existed. There's, it's a gift, the Bible says. It says that because all of mankind has fallen short. So many of us, so many people are trying to be good and work their way back to God. We can never work our way to Him because the gap is too great. Never been about anything good we can do. It's about accepting a gift that is a gift. It's not earned, but it's given. And this man this day is hearing this message. And he chooses to accept that by faith. And the accepting of that message by faith is the thing that Paul saw that activated faith for his healing. And can I encourage you today, if you've never... See, the solution to that problem, sorry, is that the Bible says that we have to accept that gift, which is... The redeem, the redemption of our sin, which causes death. When we accept that gift, we are made whole. We are made perfect. Not by what we've done, but by what he has done. By what Jesus Christ did on the cross at Calvary. By dying for us, for 
being that perfect sacrifice to take our place and so that we may come back and that chasm is literally overnight is well in a millisecond is shrunk and we are now back into the presence of God this holy righteous loving just God and so if you're with us today and just with every eye that is closed if you just want to raise your hand and just say Greg I'm ready to receive this sacrifice I'm ready to receive this gift I'm ready to get my life back on track I'm ready to acknowledge that I haven't got it all together and that I need I need this beautiful gift called Jesus let me tell you Jesus said I've come to bring life and life abundant life starts when you meet him literally it starts is there anyone with us today just put your hand up and then put it down and you say Greg that's me I'm ready I just want to make that decision and start this relationship it's just the start not the end it's the start that's cool listen to what 1 Peter 2 24 says he himself which is Christ bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his wounds you were healed by his wounds you were healed once again that's not just a physical healing that's a complete whole healing 